Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Today, we are one week away from the arrival of training camp. Football is nearly officially back. We'll dive into what we're looking for on top of the current running back situation and Najee Harris's response and of course the beloved Madden ratings that drop every year and seemingly just piss everybody off we'll dive into it all plus more it's a uh it's a cloudy day here in the bark but it's a it's another good one it's supposed to be 85 and sunny so how you feeling my friend yeah it's a little gloomy but I did wake up this morning to see uh someone post a picture of the first raising canes in Pittsburgh is they like oh, yes. making progress on in, in Oakland. So I'm, I was very excited by that. I, I walked by it the other day and I was like, I don't, I didn't realize what was going in there until they actually put up the big sign today. I didn't realize it was going to Oakland. Isn't there, there's another one outside yeah. the city too. I want to say, yeah, they're supposed to put in a bunch. I think, I don't know if any of them are like actually finished yet, but the one that actually I would be able to go to would be the yeah. one in Oakland. So that's the that's- one that matters to me. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. That's uh, that's a dangerous game. Raising Canes is, it's dangerous. You get, that's just too many chicken spots for somebody who enjoys chicken sandwiches just a little bit, a yeah. little bit too much. So, uh, shout out our boy Chris Halleck who left as Raising Canes came to town. So, that hope is you enjoy this one, Chris. All right, let's dive into some Pittsburgh Steelers talk. Najee Harris joined a plethora of running backs in the NFL. Seemingly just letting the world know, hey, we're not going to sit around and just take the beating that everybody's given us. Nobody gets paid after Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs both were unable to land long-term deals with their respected teams. I guess the whole running back world decided that they were going to voice their opinions. Apparently, there's a reported group chat going on, and step one of the process was complain about it on social media. Step two is possibly go to the owners and fight for respective compensation. I don't really know how how you'd put it here or even what they're looking for, but Najee Harris made sure to put his opinion out there. Quote, I agree with my running back brothers around the NFL. History will show you that you need running backs to win. We set the tone every game and run tough or run through walls for our teams and lead in many ways. This notion that we deserve less is a joke. He didn't hold back. This comes after Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, everybody and anybody who is a big name running back in the NFL seemingly sounded off on their displeasure with the running back market. What were your thoughts when you saw this from Najee? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's like what he's got to do. This is a guy who's also coming up on a contract year. Um, This is an immediately pressing issue for him. 
Yeah. It's immediately a pressing issue for everyone, uh, every running back in the NFL. Um, I saw some stat yesterday that uh, the average salary for a, a kicker in the league is tw- yeah, basically yeah. twice as much as a running back. I mean, there's some context there that, that's important, but still, that was just that was crazy to me. Um, I do think we've kind of like I, I don't know because I do subscribe to the idea that you know running backs investing in, you know investing a ton of money or a ton of years into into one can be a dangerous game, um, yep. but. Felix, in in some ways, we've kind of swung too far in the in the other direction. Where, like, I don't know, Josh Jacobs and Saquon. I, I don't know how old how old they are, but particularly like Josh, the age of twenty six. I'm pretty sure they're both twenty five. I want to say Saquon might have just turned twenty six. Yeah, and you know, I, I see the same thing with Austin Eckler too. Like, how are these guys not getting long term deals and a lot of money? I, like, I don't know. These aren't guys that I mean, Saquon's a little different. Uh, he's had some injury concerns, but Jacobs yeah. and Eckler and um, I, can't, I can't think of anyone uh, of some other. Those are the big names, names right now. I feel like the ones fighting right, for. Oh, Dalvin Cook is another yeah. one. I mean, these are guys who have been relatively durable for most yeah. of their career. It's not like like I understand they take a, a huge beating, but it's not like that's affected their play very much at all um, or their availability very much at all. Um, and I think like when someone like Najee sees that. Najee's been incredibly durable too. Um, he's played yeah. through injuries, and and so for, I think for him to see kind of the writing on the wall and to understand, look, if I don't say something now, if I don't fight for this now, I'm going to get left behind like that. Yeah, I, I completely understand where they're coming from, and this is this is an immediately pressing issue for them to kind of take head on. Yeah, I I, I look at it two ways. I look at one side of it going. There are reports out there that Saquon was offered like 12 to 14 million dollars a season, which is, you know, that's the realm of everybody else. Christian McCaffrey, I believe, makes 16, but Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb make 12 and a half. So, you know, you're kind of like in that that realm of a big market. It's to the owner side because, uh, you know, I'm always on the player side. Get play, pay, pay the players. Players deserve the money. But on the owner side, I do kind of look at it and go. You know, nobody wants to reset a market in a market that is as replaceable as a running back. And you do need running backs, but there are constantly big name running backs popping up all over the time or all over, all over the place. At the same time, these guys do deserve to get paid. And my questions are things like this, like Austin Eckler's asked for a trade and then has recently voiced his displeasure because the Chargers won't trade him or can't find a trade partner because they're asking for a first round or multiple first round picks. So if you value him that high, why aren't you paying him like you value him that high? That's my biggest question is like, you know, where is the middle ground is the middle ground. We do value you guys and we want you guys to make, you know, 12 to $15 million, but we just want you to make it on a two year deal instead of a four year deal. Because if that's the case, then maybe we do find some middle ground or is it just, yeah, you know, we kind of run this business. You are employees of this business. You're not really a crucial part to make everything run. I guess for the Giants, maybe Saquon is, but like, it's not like Vegas, you know, like Vegas is a defensive football team. If Max Crosby left, if I don't, I don't even know who else is in Vegas, but if Max Crosby or any of those, you know, big name defenders were just like, oh, we're gone. And this is speaking as somebody who doesn't watch Las Vegas football or is a fan of the Raiders. But if if a big name like that left, 
you know, then you got conversation. Then fans are a little upset. If Josh Jacobs or if Saquon Barkley doesn't play, I bet you teams don't really take that big of a dip in, you know, fan appeal or any of that. And in Pittsburgh, when it comes to Najee Harris, it gets even worse because you have half the fan base already who's sitting around saying Jalen Warren should be the starter and it's time to put Jalen Warren in there after two, I mean, good, but like not electric seasons from Najee Harris. So he's fighting with his back up against the wall. On top of that, my thing with Najee is I just, I don't see how he survives the running back market and everything that's happening because if the Steelers don't pick up his fifth year option, he's 27 years old at the end of his rookie contract. If they do pick up his fifth year option, he's 28 years old at the end of his rookie contract. At that point, you're older than Dalvin Cook, who just got released. You're older than Ezekiel Elliott, who just got released, who are both looking for jobs. You know, at, at what point do you just kind of like acknowledge like that expiration date might not be me? You know, and maybe he is a Frank Gore, maybe he is a Fred Jackson or any of these long term guys. But you're still 28 years old and maybe you're not. And maybe you're looking at a really low deal, no matter what the situation is or how the running back market changes in the next two years. Yeah, I think Najee is a different situation for all those reasons that you laid out. But I don't know. I, I, I don't think that. Eckler and, and Saquon and Josh Jacobs are as replaceable as as everyone seems to kind of treat them as. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I look at the Vikings and I don't think Alex, I think who's their backup? Alexander. Yeah, Matthew. it's like Alexander Mattinson or something. Yeah, you think he's going to be as good as, and as no. valuable too. Yeah, you think jo- like Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to feel the, the effects of not having the threat of the NFL's leading rusher like in the backfield, like – Mm-hmm. that obviously changes the, and then uh, like Austin Eckler is like half of the chargers offense. Like that's oh, more than that. Yeah. Right. He's the, he's like the, the lone the wolf league. for me. Yeah. Like he, he is the guy that he's young. He's never been injured. He consistently scores a billion touchdowns and he does everything that you ask for. Well, like if there's any of them, like every, you could kind of like pick and choose like, ah, like, yeah, Josh Jacobs, he had a phenomenal year, but he kind of had to bet on himself. It, it, it was like a two-year come-up. Austin Eckler, to me, is just like, dude, the guy's phenomenal. He's been phenomenal forever. Pay the man. Yeah, and that's the one that just I, I get hung up on. Like if, yeah, you can make some excuses for, for other players around the league, but I think when you look at the top and you look at a guy like Eckler and there, he's being dealt with in that way, that mm-hmm. I think gives these arguments that Najee and everyone else around the league are making uh, a lot of merit. Um, there is some kind of that that's when I think we've swung too far in the other direction. And we've started to think of running backs as less valuable than specific running backs, you you know, as less valuable than, than they actually are. Cause I, cause I also, I don't, I don't think even in Pittsburgh, like Jalen Warren is that, you know, can easily step in and do what Najee has done rushing for a thousand yards over the last two seasons. Um, yeah, I, I don't think. I just don't think that's how it Jalen Warren's just plainly not as good as, as Najee Harris. I think that's, that's pretty yeah. clear. And I, I think that's where we've kind of lost our way. We've taken this, this idea that has some merit and we've taken it to a, an extreme that doesn't, it doesn't really deserve. Yeah. I, I do agree with that one. I a hundred percent agree with that one. I think that the, the problem is when it comes to Najee is there's a drop off. You know what I mean? Like there's the the Saquons, the Derrick Henrys, the Nick Chubbs. Who Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, they got their deals. Christian McCaffrey's got his deal. And then there's the Saquons, the Josh Jacobs, the Austin Ecklers, 
that's like tier one. And there's, you know, Dalvin Cook is, is in there. Tony Pollard's probably in there. Like all those guys. Then like tier two, I think is where like Najee fits in. And I don't even think mm-hmm. he's like top of the pack tier two. Yeah, yeah. I think that he's like, you know, he's just in the tier two. And I think that tier two is much easier to replace than tier one. Now, when it comes to Najee, there are things that you can't replace. You can't replace the durability. This guy has taken a beating for two years, has played through injuries that shut down most players. You know, he is he works so hard on his body and staying healthy that it is very, very difficult to replace what Najee brings in that aspect. The leadership. Najee is a born leader. You know, he's since the second he stepped in here, you could kind of feel that he has taken over the locker room and he's a voice for the offense. And he's a guy that, you know, he'll he'll put things together. He's a leader. That's incredibly hard to do. And like there's like a, you know, there's like a clutch gene to some guys. And I think Najee's got it. You know, that game in Baltimore last year, it was just like a moment where it's just like if I got to throw it to somebody, Najee's a guy that I would want to throw it to. You know, if I need a couple of yards, Najee's a guy that I'm putting on the field because I know he can get a couple of yards. Those those types of things make him very difficult to replace. But like just general talent wise, I mean, like he's he's a good NFL running back, but there are a lot of just good NFL running backs and they're constantly coming into the league. Now, how you replace him, I think, is different, but I think that he's fighting an uphill battle in this whole situation compared to you know some of these other guys do you think that anything changes in the next two years you you see you see a turn of events here you see anybody you know kind of overstepping this also did you see Le'Veon Bell tweet out that he was the bug's life thing he was the bug's life thing he was he is the leader of this entire thing changed the game the innovator I think he called himself well I I think he did change the game in some way um I don't think he changed it in the way that he meant to um yeah, he no, no, he could, tried. He tried. He tried certainly very hard. And I think he, you know, yeah, he changed the game, but he did not change it in the way he wanted to. I, I didn't understand no. his his tweet very much. I, I, it's been a while since I've watched Bugs Life. Yeah, same. I, same. I, in my eyes, I was just like, oh, don't they all like die or something? I don't know. I don't know how yeah. this this works out. My thing with with Le'Veon is, uh, I agree with that, but what followed, I think, did way more damage than it did good. Like the fact that he did hold out and was just like, I'm going to reset the market. It's going to happen. And now he has to put out apology speeches about that. Nah, I should have never left. You know, I should have just taken the deal. And then like the guys that followed him, like you got to remember, like, like Melvin Gordon was the next year. And he was like, nah, I'm holding out. Look where Melvin Gordon is now. He finished the year on the Kansas City Chiefs, like practice squad or something. You know, I get yep. it. He won a Super Bowl, but he doesn't play. Like, I think yeah. that it just like the chain of events that followed Le'Veon, like, trying to change the market really put a damper on. I, I think it just showed the NFL just like, yeah, man, like, yeah, it's really not that big of a deal. We'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. And I guess, well, James Conner didn't, I mean, you know, not his fault. Like there's, you know, blame yeah. around, but James Conner didn't do, do him any favors either. Nope. Do it. Nope. By playing. No, well, and neither did Austin Eckler. That's how it yeah. worked out. James Conner came in for Le'Veon Bell, stole the show, was a stud his first year. Like when he was healthy, James Conner was a monster yeah. in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And Melvin Gordon leaves or or sits out. I I believe it was Austin Eckler steps in here. And now Austin Eckler is Austin Eckler. So the NFL just went, yeah, buddy, who cares? Like You can leave. You can leave tomorrow. We'll figure it out. And I just think that 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 did a lot of damage to the uh, to the running back market. I do think that there are guys that are unreplaceable that, you know, like Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. 
you can't you can't replace those. And I think Saquon and Josh Jacobs are on there. Dalvin Cook is a guy that I think is on there, but at the same time, like he does have the injuries, so you know I can kind of see it. But uh, but let me go back real quick before we change topic here. Do you think it changes in the next two years? Maybe not in the next two years. I think it's a little longer term, but I think you're going to get to a point where like. To me, I think it's going to look like the quarterback market a little bit. Not, yeah. not you know, kind of that lucrative, but, um, you know, teams are going to try to go cheap on, like, there's, there's a certain level of elite quarterback that you need to, like, compete for Super Bowls and stuff like that. I yeah. don't know if that's necessarily true for running backs, but I think it, you can kind of tier them in the same way. And there's a big drop-off in between, you know, those elite running backs and kind of the mid and the low tier. of And teams are going to try to go cheap on this. And it's going to be widespread and it's not going to work out. And I think we're going to kind of go through this again. And the running backs will be able to push back, make a little bit more ground. And I think eventually get to that point, like you said, where there's a middle ground where, okay, teams are willing to invest more money, especially if like, you know, the salary cap goes up or something over the next few years. I feel like that, um, that seems inevitable too. Um, But teams are going to like, you know, say, we'll give you the money, but it's two years instead of three years or four years or something like that. Yeah, I agree. I think that the, the, only way to kind of find a middle ground here for a position that people are worried is is not going to pay off long term is to just shorten the deals. And I think the running backs just kind of got to deal with that. But, you know, you go back and, and this is, you know, I, I know I'm ranting at this point, but I like started to look at guys that like, you know, I bring up like Frank Gore and Fred Jackson. I realized quickly Fred Jackson only played 10, 11 years in the NFL. It just seemed like he was here forever. And Frank Gore only signed two big deals. And then after that, it was just one year deal on top of one year deal on top of one year deal for like six, seven years. And I think that that's what, you know what I mean? Like you hit a point at the position where even if you're Frank Gore, you're, you're Frank Gore, you know, you're a running back. And at some point your body's going to shut off and teams got to be prepared for that. So I do, I, th- I think that that's the middle ground is you, you kind of just shorten the deals and the running backs sadly have to kind of have to accept that. All right, let's move into Good old Madden ratings. Gotta love a good old Madden rating. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, a little bit uh, disrespected going on here. Uh, TJ Watt leads the pack at 94. Minka Fitzpatrick comes in as the second highest safety behind Derwin James at 93. Cam Hayward's a st- solid, excuse me, 93. Then it goes to Patrick Peterson, 85. The vet's getting a little bit of love. Gotta like that. Pat Fryermuth, 84. Najee Harris dips down to an 83. Alex Highsmith received a uh, a lot of controversy about this one. Falls outside the top 20 with an 82 overall rating. And uh, Deontay Johnson follows with an 82. George Pickens an 81. There are some other very interesting names. Chooks Corfor is a 70. Uh, Calvin Austin's a 70 as well. Mason Cole 71. You got Kenny Pickett, who's a 72. And then Dan Moore Jr., who's also a 72, along with Jalen Warren. What are your thoughts when uh, you looked at the list of I think the Steelers are 77 overall, 77 overall score on, uh, on Madden here. Yeah. 77 overall seemed light to me. Um, I just think they're better than that. I think they're like closer to an 80, probably maybe a little higher than that. TJ, I thought, I don't know. I just haven't watched, you know, a full season of Steelers games and see the difference between TJ on and off the field. I feel like a 94 is low for him. Uh, he's just like a game record in, so many ways um minka i thought minka was low too but i guess if he's the second highest rated safety then they must just not be rating safeties high like that i think derwin james is a 96 i think which is where i probably would have put minka 
Yeah. Yeah, like he's probably yeah, yeah, he's probably closer to that than he is a ninety three. Um, but you know, I guess he can't complain with second highest rated safety. Like that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Patrick Peterson surprised me. I, I he, people have more confidence in him than I don't know. It's not that I don't have confidence in him. It's just that that just seems high. I didn't think anyone else did. Oh yeah, Patrick Peterson to me like I mean like I get it. He's coming off of what six interception season, four interception season, something like that. So maybe. They see it in them, you know, but I think it's to a degree like a bit of a respect thing, just like, yeah. a, you know, like, like, do you ever like play Madden and then like you're two seasons deep? I mean, this is me. I'm a Madden nerd, but I mm-hmm. uh, you like you like get to a point where like guys, you know, the numbers start changing. I think Patrick Peterson's the guy that like in year two, he's like an 80, you know, year three is retired. So yeah. it's just like a one last little here you go. Yeah. You know, let it happen. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, TJ, in my opinion, if Miles Garrett's a, a 98, which I think he is, TJ Watts a 98, they are yeah. stop stop trying to change the playing field. Just give them the same they're the same, they're the same amount of game record at any moment. And I think TJ is more of a game record, like far, far and beyond more of a game record. But I'm not gonna get into that argument. TJ, I think higher. Minka, 93, fine. I think he's better than Derwin James, but you know, again, that's a conversation that could be up for debate. Cam Hayward, I would like the respect at a 93. Uh, Najee in 83, I think fits him well after last season. Alex Highsmith, I kind of wanted to see higher. I kind of yeah. wanted to see him, you know, he doesn't have to be a 90, but he does fall out of the top 20. And like those, the edge rushers in front of him that I think like, I think he's like an 85 to like an 87, which is, which includes Brian Burns, Trey Hendrickson, Cameron Jordan, uh, Danielle Delaney. What, what is it? Danielle Hunter, Delaney Hunter, uh, yeah. Josh Allen, Chase Young, and Khalil Mack. Those are like the 87 to 85 guys. And I think he's in that conversation. You know, I think some of those guys, maybe their ratings should be a little bit higher, possibly. But I think that, you know, 85 to 87 would have been a good one. Uh, Deontay Johnson in 82 and George Pickens in 81. I think J- I think George Pickens is, you know, by the end of the year could be he could be a 90 plus if if he does what wow. what he's expected to do. I, I just think that not that George Pickens could be in for some one yeah, wild season. Well, I kind of feel the same way about Najee, too. Like, I feel like there okay. are a couple guys on here like Pickens. Yeah, definitely. I don't know about 90, but yeah, he could definitely climb. Um, agree with your point about Highsmith. He, he should be like you don't get 14 and a half sacks on accident like that. That should yeah. put him into that elite tier that um, yeah without tj watt i think that's the biggest thing here is like he did it without while a defense was just like okay we have to stop alex highsmith because jameer jones isn't gonna do anything Mm -hmm. you know like it was it's an impressive 14 and a half sacks um thoughts on on anybody else you looked at the rest rest of the law the rest of the roster excuse me um i think kenny coming into 72 is like the baseline anything around him that uh stands out to you yeah um, I think it's really funny that William Jackson is the <laughs> 10th highest rated player at an 81. Um, yes. That's wild. Um, an, 80, an 81. Also, um, let me pull him up. There was a uh, – who was the – oh, yeah, Kendrick Green. Kendrick rated, Green. Rated higher, than, rated higher than Dan Moore, uh, Mason Cole, and Chooks. And Chooks. And the same as Kenny and the same as – Jalen Warren, Anthony Miller is also 72 as well. Neither of those two, it should be known. Neither of those two played football last season, right? Like not I, I mean, for different reasons, but still neither of them played football this season. Actually, Anthony Miller hasn't played football in two seasons. 
Right. Like very, very yeah, strange. Very strange. Coming in at 70. Yeah. I, I feel like there was more respect for Chooks out in the league than that. That, yeah. that surprises me a little bit. That feels a little, feels a little, a little disrespectful. disrespectful. A little disrespectful. I think Chooks is uh, not the greatest, but I do think he deserves higher than a 70. You know, like I think uh, immediately he's better than Tay Crowder, who's also yeah. a 70. <laughs> Keanu Benton came in here at a 70. I think he's better than that. You know, like Mason Cole, he might be the only one that you could argue until you look at Kendrick Green and say, well, you have to be higher than a 72 if that's the baseline. Like that's that's just how that works. Um, and then, yeah, the Dan starting Moore, center should be rated higher than the backup center. I feel like, yeah. That- that's feel like obvious. that's just how that works you know yeah. uh, what is the the james daniels is the only the only stealer offensive lineman in the 80s he, he's at an 80 and then isaac siamalu's at a 78 which is pretty good kevin dotson's at a 77 yeah that's that's pretty good yeah which kind of just shows like... you maybe the value's there maybe you get yeah. rid of them and just be like hey and madden this trade would look really good for you right really Really good. Yeah, Madden ratings are always uh, hilarious and never accurate, but I do think it, like the William Jackson thing is hilarious because Levi Wallace is a 79. William Jackson isn't on a team and didn't play for the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. Had an awful season before that. And He barely played for anyone last year, didn't he? Did he even play for for Washington? And I don't know how many games, but he was hurt most of the season with a back injury. And like, he's had a rough two seasons there as well. Like, yeah, yeah. I am interested to see where Joey Porter Jr. comes into play here. His yeah. rating has not come out. Um, I'm interested in Darnell Washington, too. Darnell Washington's going to be a good one, too. And Broderick Jones, as well. Interested in all three of those because, you know, at this point, you don't really have to be... Uh, the Madden, it's going to be hilarious when Madden actually comes out and the starting offensive line, when you just before you switch who the starting offensive line actually is, is going to be like Broderick Jones, Kendrick Green... Isaac Siamalu, I guess it'd be James Daniels, but like maybe they even somehow like get yeah. Kevin Dotson in there and then Chooks yeah. and like you're just getting smoked all the time because yeah, because you didn't you don't realize that it's not like yeah you know, yeah yeah your center's Kendrick Green and it's just not yeah. it's just not working out yeah Madden ratings man they're a good time but that's our our spiel about those they're uh you could check everybody could check them out at MaddenRatings.com it's a uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. All right. Last thing I want to talk about here. We are one week away from the arrival of training camp. Players will show up. Don't expect any helicopters. Don't expect any big trucks pulling into St. Vincent College and Latrobe. But I am expecting a lot. Latrobe? No, I think it's I think it's Latrobe, but everybody in the mm. comments the other day was like, it's called Latrobe. And I was like, <laughs> all right, Latrobe. I love it. Right. I mean, Latrobe. I knew it was called. I know, I knew that's how they how Ginzer's pronounced it. I'm mm. still becoming a Ginzer. You know what I mean? Like mm. I'm trying very hard to adapt. And but I, I come from, you know, Scranton, Scranton, if you're gonna talk about like Pennsylvania awful accents and the way people talk, like Yinzer's up there, Scranton's probably like pretty close, and then Philly's right there as well. Like, so I'm breaking a strong mold to mm. try to come and and develop full Yinzer. But it's you know, it's been a mission of mine for a while. I will get there. By the time mm. it's all over, people will be like, that guy, that guy knows what's up. Yeah. Be like, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Also got to address another thing in the comments real quick. Yeah, we got a we got a lot of shit for me saying that come like November, December, I'm exhausted and ready for football season. Then so many people were just like, 
Why would you ever want football season to end? I, I do have to, I do have to correct myself, clarify myself here a little bit. I never want football season to end. It is my favorite time of the year. Hands down. There's nothing I enjoy more than football. And if this, like every single year, my, the butterflies of walking into the first day camp are super strong because I'm like, man, if this is the year I get to cover the Steelers, go to the Super Bowl and the whole nine, it would be lifelong dream. But come December ish, end of December, you're sitting around and you've realized it's been six strong months since you've seen your family or had a date night with your wife or slept six plus hours in an evening or had a weekend. Weekend would be very nice. So, in that sense, you get to a point where you're just like, oh, okay, freedom. Freedom's very close. But if we wait yeah. till February, man, I'm not complaining. Yeah. I mean, we love football, but, you know, football's yeah. also our job and everyone yes. hates their job. So, it's. <laughs> everybody hates their job yeah i would say that i hate my job much less than most people hate their job yeah 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 yeah, there's a strong love there but i yeah the 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 uh it would be nice to you know what i mean like like eat thanksgiving dinner would be phenomenal but players got to sacrifice we got to sacrifice comes with the blessing of the of the gig i guess so wanted to clarify that didn't want anybody to sit around thinking i'm some you know snub who doesn't like football season like come on this is Pittsburgh. I'm trying to be full Yinzer. Yeah. Which means I got to I yeah, I don't Yeah. We wouldn't do this job if we truly. Hated it. <laughs> so as we were recording, getting ready to talk about training camp and the excitement that we had for training camp, some major news breaks for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have inked outside linebacker Alex Highsmith to a new four year, $68 million extension. He is now under contract five years, $70 million with the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off a 14 and a half sack season led the NFL with five forced fumbles. He is now a Steeler for the next five years. No holding at Latrobe. I mean, we get instant reaction here. What are your, what are your thoughts to Omar Khan's, I guess, next big deal? Uh, yeah, about a million dollars a year for every sack he had last year. That seems pretty good. Uh, a little more than that. Uh, my math is right. But yeah, no, this seems like a fair deal for everyone. Um, Alex deserved this money. He's been just as much of a monster as any other defensive end in the NFL, um, particularly last year. Did it all without TJ Watt, as we, we talked about earlier with his Madden rating. Like This guy has proven time and time and again that he is not just a second fiddle to TJ Watt. He is a star. He is a partner. He is a... A, compa- a companion and a partner, like I said, uh, you know, rushing the passer and leading this defense. So you deserved every bit of it. I feel like this is a good deal for the Steelers, too. You lock them down for a long time, and you have to expect that Alex is going to live up to this contract. There's really no evidence to the con- – like, there's no reason to believe that he won't. No, I, I think you look at this, and, and my big thing with contracts, it's always – what are you going to get out of the player? Like, that's what you're signing him for. You're not signing for him for what he's done. You're signing him for what he's going to do. I think the Steelers have finally found their dynamic duo at outside linebacker. And it's been a while trying to figure that out, especially with TJ Watt on the other side. Alex Highsmith fits perfectly with TJ Watt. Like those two connect very well. They could both rush the passer. Excellently. Alex Highsmith is also a run stuffer, which is great for what TJ Watt does and how the offense has to turn attention to Alex Highsmith's side. I just think it works out very, very well. The numbers you get, you know, anywhere from 14 to 16 million dollars, I thought was like a fair range for Alex Highsmith. I thought that was pushing the line of maybe the Steelers can't afford that, but they can make that happen now. It's huge. It it, uh, it definitely brings question marks to the future. What are you going to do with Cam Hayward next season? Are you going to extend him 
and keep him around, even though he's going to be 34, 35 years old. Pat Fryermuth's contract is up in a year. Najee Harris's contract is up in, in two years, I guess, Pat's in two years as well. But they'll both need contract extensions next year. And then you get into the Kenny Pickett's, the George Pickens, you know, all these guys. Uh, James Daniels, I believe, is up soon. Mason, Mason Cole's up in a year or two. You get into uh, situations now where you kind of have to make some tight decisions. But at the same time, Alex Highsmith is a key piece to this team. And you have to keep key pieces around. The Steelers have always won from their outside linebackers. Most teams win by their quarterback. Most teams win by their running game or their offensive line. The Pittsburgh Steelers have always won from their ability to rush the passer and make an offense very uncomfortable. Alex Highsmith was a key part of that. And I think the 14 and a half sacks, like people talk about, and we just said it, like 14 and a half sacks didn't come with TJ Watt. You know, his best season came when he had to step up and be the guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he proved that he could be the guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This guy has got to work at the, like no other. He's got a great attitude. He's one of the nicest people in the locker room all the time. Him and TJ are really good friends. They work well with Nick Herbig. I think it is like, I think it was like an easy decision for the Pittsburgh Steelers financially. There are some questions that come with it, but you know, if you're going to, if you're going to pay your guys, you got to pay your guys. And Alex Highsmith is, is one of the guys. Yeah. You got to pay for talent. I mean, this is the top end talent. So you got to pay top end money for it. I think it's interesting, just kind of the transition period that the Steelers are going to be in over this year and the next couple of years, you're going to learn a lot about what their future is going to hold this year. Um, you know, you see what kind of season Cam Hayward has, and then you can kind of make a decision about about what kind of extension you might want to give him or not. Um, but you know, as the as the defense gets a little younger, kind of across the board, the offense gets a little older. So you know, like yeah. last year, it was a really young offense and the most expensive defense in in football. Uh, you might see that start to change a little bit, depending on you know who sticks around and, and who has big years on the offense. But, you know, I think they have some flexibility at the same time that they have, you know, some qu- th- those questions aren't all bad, you know, yeah. it's really options. I think I, I kind of look at it that way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and I like your point about the defenses, you know, Joey Porter jr. Is a rookie. So you got four years with him. Uh, if Corey Trice works out, you got four years with him. If not, Levi Wallace isn't going to be super expensive. If you keep him around, you still have Patrick Peterson for the next two seasons. Minka Fitzpatrick's under contract. You could really put anybody next to him, and it'll really work out. Your inside linebackers are under contract for the next two years, possibly three, because you want Mark uh, Mark Robinson to work out to be the guy next to Cole Holcomb. Cam Hayward, he's a big question mark, but you know, I don't think Cam. I think if Cam's options were to go somewhere else or to take a lesser deal at 35 years old in Pittsburgh, I think he probably stays in Pittsburgh and finishes out his career here. Larry Ogunjobi signed for the next three years. You got depth behind him. You got depth at outside linebacker. Like everything's pretty taken care of on the defensive side of the ball to the point where you don't have to really stress about major contracts on the offensive side. Now that's where you turn your attention and you'll have to keep guys around and, and build from there. But at the same time, just like you said, like the offense is, is getting older and it's hitting a point where, you know, the restructure you're starting to see where you actually have something and where you don't have something, which I think will make it easier to to build. You know what I mean? You went out and got your left tackle. Maybe you have to get a guard next. Maybe you have to get a center next. Maybe, you know, you need a wide receiver at some point. Like, you know, you have these you have these decisions, but at the same time, like guys are at that point where, you know, you can make those decisions easier and build that side of the ball because the defensive side of the ball is kind of 
put into place for the Steelers. So I agree. I think it's I think it's a very solid move for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm very excited that it got done before Latrobe, before we had to worry about a hold in and you know, just knowing who Alex Highsmith is and talking to him, there's like nothing about that guy that said, I want to not practice, you know? Right. Like it was always just like, I hope they get a deal done because I just can't see him being the guy that has to kind of like show the team like, hey, man, like I deserve to get my money. Like, yeah, you know, I, I think he'd rather just put his work, you know, where his mouth yeah. is. Well, yeah. And you're glad it didn't have to come to that for him because I think he he clearly like I said, he clearly deserved this. And that would have yeah. been just an ugly situation for him to be to have to demand it. And, you know, to have to like, you know, squeeze this out of the Steelers would have been I felt like ugly and, you know. I wouldn't have wouldn't have enjoyed that for him. Wouldn't have been a good look for the Steelers. So yeah, I think you're right. the The sooner they got this done, the better. Yeah, yeah, it was a good move for both sides. Uh, excited to see Alex and Latrobe. Excited to see where he goes from here. Excited that the Steelers have outside linebackers for the next four years minimum. Feels real good. Uh, feels like the Steelers are in a in a good spot. With that, great news to end on. Felt real good that we had some. Uh, some actual football to talk about after the Madden ratings. Excited for that one. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and check us out anywhere you get your podcast. Find all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com and our pit coverage at insidethepanthers.com. I will be back on Friday with Derek. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg.